You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we jumped back into Romans to finish up chapter 13 as we continue to push toward the end of this book. On the podcast today, our conversation centers around what it means to love people in a biblical sense. Often, we feel pressure to move toward the extremes of either calling out sin from a high moral stance or meeting people where they are while never speaking the truth of God's word. Scripture is calling us to live in the messy middle ground. So how do we do that practically? Today's discussion should be a catalyst for your own ongoing conversations with others in your biblical community. We're glad you've joined us. This is After the Message. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. Good to see you. Hello, Hello Mike. Mike. Thank you, Chase, for that round of applause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back. I, back. Was, I was out this week. Yeah. We missed yeah. you. Well, thank you. It's good to be missed. Um, it's good to be back. Somebody though. in this yeah. room didn't even know you were gone. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah? Who was that? <laughs> who's all in the room? I don't know. Which one? I don't even know who's in the room. Who's yeah, go, ahead. go ahead and uh, well, let introduce me, who's in the room. Yeah, let me just tell you who's in the room. So we've got Mark Evans, Josh Braddy. Mm-hmm. Kylie Bowen. Ding, ding, ding. Um, what did you say? <laughs> Who did I say? What did I say? <laughs> Kylie Bowen? <laughs> Michael what? Bowen is not my husband. Unbelievable. <laughs> I wish everybody could see the color of Mike's face. <laughs> it is fantastic. We're going to leave that it in, right? It is great. Kylie Dan. I'm so sorry. Dan. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Do you know another Trevor Dan? Yeah, her husband. Do you know another Callie? Well, I I don't I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. You've got a friend. Yes, I knew. Yes, I completely got that mixed up with somebody else that I know. There you go. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I love everything about the last thirty seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I need a do-over. I'm never leaving town again. That's right. Uh, Kylie is here in the room, and uh, and we got Chris 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 Braddy. <laughs> what we do we just throwing names and mixing them together. <laughs> Chris Grote is in the room as well. Mm. Thank you. All right, let's move on. Hold on, Chase. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Chase. We already acknowledged Chase. We didn't acknowledge Chase's jacket. We didn't. That Chase is the exact this, same as Mike's jacket. We have the same jacket on. It's <sighs> Miller twins in. Yep. It mm. is. Like Chase hate. What can Chase I say? Hate. <laughs> Chase has good taste in jackets. <laughs> Blue jean jacket. Um, Me and Brady are gonna wear blue jean jackets to church. Sunday. Nah, we're wearing jorts. So then, <laughs> so then the question is, like, who who didn't know I was gone? Uh, I the one that we... you called out and messed up her name. <laughs> How I want a formal apology, Mike. Yes, <laughs> that's why. Posted. Uh, well, what a fantastic start. Yes, it is unfortunate start. <laughs> um. Hey, so yeah, uh, so yeah, I was out last week and uh, enjoyed it. I, w- I was away at a conference with Neil Marsh, mm. and uh, we had a good time uh, with other executive pastors from around the country. And I bet that was, was fun. It was fun. It was yeah. it was different than I expected, huh? In a good way. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. What did so, you expect? Uh, uh, I think I, if any of these ex. XPs are listening. Uh, I apologize. I doubt any of them are, but uh, yeah, I was expecting it to be much more uptight than it was. Mm. Oh yeah, well. yeah. 
you know, so when I walked in like, like to our first gathering, and briefcases. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> but uh, it was just it was much more laid back and cool, approachable than I I thought it was going to be. Good. So that was good. What does that What does that say about what you think about Neil? Mm, well, <laughs> called out. He's already uh, in hot water. Yep. You know, don't try to read between the lines. Let's just everything. start. Let's start like, with Paul a bit. Yeah. No. I, I told Neil that. I said, you know, I thought everybody was going to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I did not. I'm just kidding. Neil, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, that, tell me that how you was, really feel. Yeah. I'm apologizing a lot today. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, so uh, I know we've we've got some limited time. So uh, Josh, w- walking into this Sunday, uh, of course we we pick back up in Romans and and uh, kind of continue where we left off. And uh, how was it for you as you prepared and stepped in to to preach this week? It was great. Um, like truthfully, I had to go back and kind of reread Romans again um, mm. because it it really it was a three week series break, but it felt like forever. And jumping back into the middle of a thought in chapter 13, I was like, man, what? I, I need to go back and get context. Because uh, the last thing I wanted to do was more blunders, like on you know the whole Easter weekend of Luke and Mary. Uh, if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to the podcast last <laughs> week. We talked all about it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really great, refreshing to go back through Romans being a book of, of the beginning part being deeply theological. Uh, and then once we get to the middle, kind of kind of harder chapters, 9, 10, and 11, uh, being just kind of <laughs> the mangle of mess that that is, but it's good and right. Uh, and then you get to the application chapters of 12 through 15. So uh, it was it was really good uh, to jump back in for me personally. Yeah. Good. Well, I know uh, it's it spurred on a lot of thought and conversation for people in the room because we've it been sure we've been did. talking, uh, just kind of why we got a late start recording. We were talking mm-hmm. about all the things that uh, that we were, wanted to jump into. Um, so we were in Romans chapter 13. Um, and uh, starting in verse eight and through the end of the chapter, and uh, so let's talk. All right, Mark, you uh, so you expressed a, a little bit of attention that you, yeah, you, you, you were feeling with this. Is, is tension the right word? Tell us your tension, Mark. Well, I'll, I mean. I love living in the tension because there's always yeah. – I, I see both sides to this, right? It's healthy. It spurs us. So we, we, you want to talk about the one where you said love your neighbor as yourself? Yeah, let's start there. Yeah, yeah that's good. So and, – and Kyle, you brought this up some too at the beginning. So when you love your neighbor as yourself, what does that really mean? And, um, and appropriately – why don't you tell us what you said, and then I'll give you what I said. Sure. And then we'll, yeah. So we'll, we'll create um, the tension. Let you say what you say, and yep. I'll say what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So verses, the verses in view here are nine through uh, nine through ten, uh, and there's this this idea that Paul is giving you know um, this 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 law and saying, hey, these laws are important. Like don't don't murder, don't kill, don't 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 steal, don't covet. Um, don't commit adultery. <clears throat> These things are important for the believer. And he said, but you know what? We're, we're going to narrow it down. We're going we're to make it incredibly crystal clear. He says, you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, and so made a distinction on Sunday that um, there's many times we hear that verse and we assume that we are to love people, like love our neighbor, in the same way that we love us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think on the outside, altruistically, that that is a could be thought of as a good thing. Um, but if if that's played out in everyday life, well, you wake up feeling great, then you're going to treat people really well. You wake up feeling poorly, you're going to treat people poorly. You wake mm-hmm. up in a terrible headspace, you're going to not be in a great spot to love people well. 
well, this verse isn't calling us to love people the way in which we emotionally mm-hmm. feel in the moment. Uh, it's calling us to, to something deeper. We are to love people in the same way that Christ has loved us. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a little bit of a game-changing way for us to, to hear that, but that is the biblical call on our life. We love because we have first been loved by God. Uh, in the same way, we love our neighbor because we have been first loved by Christ. Uh, and we, we are to treat them in that standard of loving, not in what we feel in the moment. Hmm. Right. All right. And your tension was? My tension is 100% agree. The tension I feel is the reality of when we understand how much we have been loved, it does transform us. Yeah, that's right. All right. So I don't want to live in the moment of emotional ups and downs, but at the same time, I do know that if I don't love people well on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. often it is the result of me not understanding how much I have been loved, which does lead me to love myself well and appropriately. Right. And so if I am talking to someone who says, I just don't really love people well, I'm mean, I'm short-tempered. Mm-hmm. It's just who I am. It's who I am. Often what I want to do is go back to, well, you just need to try harder. I don't want to I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> like I don't want to like say just work harder at loving and try to be more kind to people. Yeah. What I want to do is go back to their heart and say, what's probably what's going on is you don't love yourself well. Mm-hmm. And how do we love ourselves well? We understand the truth of the gospel. We understand how much he's loved us, which transforms us, which then allows me to love myself, which is the only place really to long-term love other people. Yeah, that's right. And so there is a there is a heart thing there and not Certainly. just an action thing. And so I know you and I, that's where we we often feel that tension. That's right. Because we don't want to sit and be lazy and just yeah. say, well, forget it. I don't feel good today, so I have an excuse to treat people like garbage. Right. And that's where you're coming from, and I get it. But I think I feel the tension on the other side. Yeah, and, and I think that is right. You, you should have the ability and the, the mindfulness to say, okay, why am I angry this morning? Why why am I want why am I desiring honestly to treat people not well? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do I want them to feel the same pain that I feel? You know, in counseling, uh, we, I've paid all this money for counseling degrees throughout the course of my my years in education. I thought you were going to say I paid all this money for counseling. No, well, that too, we've, that, absolutely <laughs> I've too. Done that too. If you add my counseling and the counseling degrees that I've, I've achieved over the course of time and space, we spent a lot of money on trying to figure out how to be loved. To learn one thing that hurt people hurt people, right? right? So mm-hmm. if I, they could have gave me that day one. I could have saved a whole lot of money. <laughs> but you know, why, why are we doing that? It is right for us to do that soul work, mm-hmm. right? For us to go and do the heart work. But again, I, I don't think that this is what this verse is. Right is speaking to primarily. That's good. We are to love like Christ. I viewed this verse almost through like a cross-cultural lens in that um, Mm -hmm. Jesus really did set a great example of loving loving, uh, his neighbor as himself because he became his neighbor in Mm -hmm. the sense Mm -hmm. that he did not just, um, you know, float down from heaven and say, hey, I'm Jesus. Uh, I was talking to somebody last night that is a lot more wise than me, and they pointed out the fact that Jesus waited 30 years Mm. to start his ministry because he truly knew and lived among those that he was ministering to. So I see loving your neighbor as yourself, as um, getting to know your neighbor and meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus did that well through an incarnational ministry. Mm -hmm. That's a good word. Good word, Bowen. 
I mean, oh my God. <laughs> thank you, Kylie Dan. <laughs> Trevor's going to hear this yes. and be like, mm-hmm. I know. I apologize, Trevor. I'm so okay. sorry. But I do love that. I though. don't know what was going through my mind. I love the incarnational picture um, of, of how that how Jesus modeled what it looks like to love mm, people well yeah. like that. That's, That's good. a good word. So, so and, and we did spend a lot of time talking about this. So, I mean, what does it mean to love people well? Now, now I think we, we hit that in previous chapters uh, yeah. of Romans. Uh, so this is kind of a revisit, but, um, I mean, if we're talking about loving people well, uh, like, what does that mean? Because I think for some of the people that, that need our love, uh, they have a very different view of what loving them well should look like. Yes. So everybody needs our love, uh, and we need to be loved by everyone. Right. So that, that's kind of the call of, of humanity. I do believe. Um, but when we get into the subjective nature of what is love, Everybody begins to. What is love? What is it? <laughs> sing it, sing it, because it's gonna flow. Baby, don't hurt me. Yeah, don't hurt, don't me. hurt me. No, no more. more. Yep. All right. So mm. it's in that that a lot of people think love is that where we don't hurt somebody, um, and yeah. to not hurt them is going to fall on what they believe is the version of love that they want to receive, That's and good. so the struggle then becomes we're playing this game of. We don't know what love is. It, it is a moving target at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are throwing darts at a dartboard that moves consistently. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't know how to achieve the thing. And so maybe, maybe I'm, you feel I've loved you in this one moment, but the next moment I have not. And that's, that's the issue when love becomes something that, that you get to set as a standard or I get to set as a standard. Yeah. And so what we talked about yesterday is – God is the standard setter of what love is. That's good. How we treat people, how we love people, how we encourage people. Um, he, he's the one that we get our standard for love and loving others. Mm-hmm. Um, if we need anything else, it goes back to what Kylie talked about in the mm-hmm. incarnational ministry of Christ. Right. Um, that, that we can go to Philippians 2 and we see the hymn of Christ. Um, that, that even though he didn't consider equality with God, a thing to be grasped. Like he, he came and, and he gave his life. Like that is the, the fullness of, of love. He loved them right where they were. So in their sin, he loved them, but loved them enough to call them to repentance because it's in that repentance that they're going to receive brand new life, life like they've never imagined before. He could have said, you guys are just fine. Keep going. And life for them would be awful. Eternity for them would be forever and not great, but he called them to something more and to something better. But he did it in that order. He loved them and called them. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. And I think, Mark, you, you, this was another tension you expressed. You express a lot of tension. I know. Um, uh, So, but, but you, you, you talked about the fact that, that how we often get that backwards. We do. Um, And I, and I think it is, uh, as believers, we get, frustrated with the brokenness of the world and we look out there and we think it is a matter of convincing other people to do differently. Mm-hmm. And I know there is a teaching component and we want to teach them truth, but we feel like if we could just win the argument that we will have won the war. Right. And I don't know that that really has proven to work very well practically, mm-hmm. but biblically the calling for us, which you said yesterday is if we would put as much energy in loving people well as we did trying to convince them of right or wrong, 
I can make a case that we'd probably see transformation in the hearts of people, and then we'd be in a better position to teach them truth. Yeah. But if you come from the position of frustration and anger and dogmatic Mm -hmm. stances that I'm going to try to out-argue you with this huge frustration and anger toward them, and then once you buy into what I think is true, then I'll love you. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, we we really do get that backwards, mm-hmm. but you you see that a lot. Just this this whole yeah thing of we're trying so hard to get people to think like we do. So it's almost and, this idea that we we maybe inadvertently reinforce that uh, like you got to clean up your act yeah. in order mm-hmm. to be worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be mad at you till you do. That's right. Yeah, and, and I'm not gonna yeah. love you until you do. Right. Yeah. Behavior modification is not. Salvific. So let's say somebody well, can you stops. Say that again, Great word. Ooh. Kylie, I'm not salvific, baby. Word of the day. Word of the day. Um, Sean's not even here to appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, he, right. he's not even here. I took his spot. But, anyways, um, let's say somebody is, I don't know, they, they are stealing from Costco. And you're like, hey, man, I need you to stop stealing from Costco. That is really not Christ like. And they don't know Jesus, but they stop stealing from Costco. Amen, bless up, praise up, but they still don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. That's exactly right. So, doesn't save them. So not stealing from Costco is not salvific. It's a, that yes. is true, actually. It's 100% accurate. <laughs> which is why... But it's a good decision. Which is why you don't want mm. to start right. a um, salvation-based conversation with... Mm. Um, behavior modification. Behavior modification. That's exactly right. Yeah. So... Uh, we didn't talk about this in, in the pre-discussion, um, but I, I'm curious, though, um, and I wish we had a, a like a, a non-Western view that we could discuss with. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons that we, we talk, uh, we want them to agree with us. But one of the biggest reasons, I think, even as I apply this to my own life, is we're very instant people. Like, we want things now. Um, we don't want to wait. Uh, really, we don't want to work for it. Mm. Um, we don't want to, even when we work hard for it, w- let's use a planting scenario. When we plant seeds, we don't want to wait for the six to eight weeks before we begin collecting the fruit. We want it here and now, right? right. So I'm curious that as we look at the Great Commission, right, the call is to make disciples and it is to go and to baptize and to teach all that I've commanded you. So teaching is part. Mm-hmm. Be- being clear with law, being clear with understanding who Christ is and what Christ is calling us to is absolutely key. But even in the Great Commission, that is the very last thing that is mentioned mm-hmm. in the commission, mm-hmm. right? So so it is this idea that to make disciples, we're going to go, we're going to baptize them, and then we are going to teach them all along the way as yeah. we are going with them. A lot of times we, uh, even as I think through evangelism and even discipleship, I want people to know the Lord. Like I, I want them to come to to faith. I want them to be saved. I want them to have a salvific experience. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find the sentence to get there. Um, I found it. There it was. Um, but the process in which that's going to entail is going to be exhausting. Mm-hmm. And that's good. If if we are honest, most days we're just like, man, I just need you to love Jesus because I'm really tired of this whole conversation and this whole doing life in this moment. Um, well, you can't microwave sanctification. I know, man. You were full of quotes today. I'm mm. so proud of you. Thank you. Mm. But that's absolutely true. Um, and so I'm, I'm. a lot of times we, and we're going to talk about it in just a second, sometimes we think we want them just to agree with us 
and and really for me, a lot of times it's I want you to agree with me because I'm really tired of having the conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've told you what I've told you. You need to make the decision. Let's go serve the Lord together. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a it's a weird thing, a carnal heart that we we still wrestle. I hope this isn't too far off tangent, but when we're talking about Jesus and His work and the way that He modeled it, it made me think of John 15 when He's talking about the way that we uh, love people is very selfless. But mm-hmm. we can only do that truly if we are Connected abiding in Christ. That's right, that's right. And if we have a, a true and deep love for the Father, mm. um, that's how we accomplish that. And that's what gives us mm. the grace to sustain discipleship over a long period of time. Mm. Uh, and that just this idea of that love is so selfless. Yeah. And we're not very good at that. No. At all. Because mm. we're not good at staying connected to the divine, too. So that's, yeah, a, that's, that's right. an excellent word, man. Thank you for that. Mm. So when it comes to this, I think this is a question that's going to come up. So let's ask it. Um, you going in? Let's do it. Let's let's do that. Um, we had some questions pop up um, in the world in which we live today, in the culture in which we are living in today. How do you best love people? Um, because I, I think that there are, uh, particularly in the culture that we live in, whether that be LGBTQ. Um, community. It could be any kind of, even I would even say on the side of uh, heterosexual or homosexual people who are in relationships, how do we love them in the name of Christ to the point where we can begin to speak truth to them in the name of Christ Mm. in hopes that they come to faith in Jesus Christ, Right. right? And that is a tension that we are all feeling because it is where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it is so close to home for all of us. And so we want to make sure that we are doing this well because we believe the eternity of our loved ones matter. Mm-hmm. And we love them with all that we are. And so we want to treat them well. So let's have that discussion. Let, let's talk a little bit about that. How, What would it be like to love somebody who is LGBTQ, somebody who is homosexual, or somebody who is heterosexual in heterosexual sin? How do we love them in Christ as we point them to Christ. Well, a non-believer is not going to act like a believer. Ah, very good. So I think any in any conversation with anybody who is living in sin, which is all of us, we are all born children of wrath, we need to start with the gospel. We yeah. need to start with sharing the gospel and being loving. And if somebody receives the gospel, then that's a completely different scenario. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you, you're you living an act of sin. Mm-hmm. But if they have not received the gospel, I can't expect somebody to act like a believer if they're not. Sure. But. That's a good word. Lost people going to act lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. So from there. Keep going. Yeah. So from there, if they're lost, how do you love somebody who is lost in a biblical love? Like if, if we go back to, to Romans 12 uh, and it says, let your love be genuine. And, and the, the call is here to all. And the very first thing that Paul says is abhor what is evil, right? And, and so uh, it doesn't just end there. I'll, I'll read it. Let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Mm. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, how do we do that to the lost world? Mm. What would that look like? I think practically what it looks like is is a challenge for us as believers. Mm. Because if I believe, I, I completely what you agree, Kylie, with what you're saying. If I believe, um, that, you know, 
that the gospel is what transforms. That's where we start. However, if I believe that what somebody that I love is doing is harmful or mm, it's it's not God honoring, it's not good for them, it's not good for the people around them, then I feel like I have a role to speak that into their life, um, e- even if they're not a believer. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. And that that's where I think some of us sit in tension of if I've got a friend who's engaging in behavior, if I love them, then I want to call out that behavior maybe even before they come to know Christ. Right. But where a lot of us sit, they already know what we believe. Hmm. They already know what the mm-hmm. truth is. Um, they've just rejected it. Mm. So what do we do then at that point? Because I think what a lot of us, and I had these conversations with people in our church and even with my family, it feels like I am approving of their behavior if I'm not more vocal in how I call it out, Mm. which that tension leads us to being more aggressive in how we communicate or how we try to figure out how we love them. Well, if I really love them, I'm going to try to change their behavior. Right. Mm. And that's that's hard. Yes, and I, and I think there's also sort of a, a strategy that that is maybe employed on the other side of that. That if you don't affirm me, then you don't love me. Then, then you don't, you love, don't me. love me. You can't mm-hmm. love me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, so you almost start from a you know a place that's of good. deficiency already. That's right. Um, you 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 know what we view as love uh, as as real love. Uh, is is not viewed in the same way, uh-huh. which goes back to the discussion we were having earlier. That's right. So, can we just can we go right in with the LGBTQ community, yeah. right? Um, if you have friends or family that are that are in that, they they want us to love them by affirming their behavior, right? And if we don't affirm their behavior, to your point, Mike, we don't love them. And so, how do we as believers truly love? them not affirm their behavior but still be respectful of who they are and where they are Mm -hmm. um i think we're all trying to figure that out right um but and and i know each case is different but um it it, it, yeah it's hard i'm not sure how to do it sometimes i thought you were gonna give us wisdom on how to do it um (laughs) i'm waiting there's more tension we're (laughs) it is all tension that's exactly right there's a lot of tension i think that's right though (laughs) yeah I think sometimes we get so um, arrogant in the way that we think that we love people yeah. that we don't live in the tension that we should live in mm-hmm. um, because there there should be a healthy tension among anybody that, that we are loving people and loving our community and loving the people that we're in and relationships with enough to, to hold a standard of holiness, but also to understand depravity and how lost people are going to act lost. If we truly love them and we believe the gospel is true, we want more than anything else is for that lost person to become found. Mm-hmm. We, we want that person to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Right. So there's going to be that tension that lives there. I don't want to do anything to push them away to where my voice mm, – I don't want to do things to push them away because I want my voice to still matter, right? And it goes back to Mike. I, th- I think there is there's a portion of – of people who may be in in a certain lifestyle or a certain sin or any kind of lifestyle and sin, that if you don't agree with me, you don't love me. So right. you're already a non-factor to me. But that doesn't stop me from trying to love you. That's right. right. So I mean, I, my family members who are LGBTQ, right? I I love them. They're not inviting me to the to the cookouts. They're not inviting yeah. me to 
the wedding. They're not inviting me to to the things because they know, mm-hmm. to your point, Mark, where I stand I and, and what we're for. But when I see them, there's always a hug. There's yeah. always a kiss on the cheek. There's all like we love deeply affection. Like we, I have affection for them because I desperately want them to right. know and love Christ. And that's just a tension that, I, that I personally live in. That's right. And and where I stand today with the relationships I have with family members, and I, my encouragement would be: if we're going to err, I want to err on the side of love uh-huh. and how we are compassionate and gracious and loving people first, mm, yep. which is what you talked about yesterday. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a time for truth and right and teaching, but are we loving those folks well? All right. But Can I, 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 oh, go ahead. I was going to say what I think that practically looks like is a understanding of mutual brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for any any group That's right. of, of people. Because that, check, that affects your posture. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so how I, you interact. You don't them. come in on the high horse. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to do ministry alongside people instead of two people. Mm-hmm. And I think that completely changes the paradigm. And if you're aware of the uh, if your own sin in your life and you have considered that before having a conversation with somebody else, mm-hmm. it's going to completely change how you approach that conversation. That's, that's right. That's a good word. Can I push back a little bit though? Oh, yes. Ooh. Will that be okay? Yeah. Yep. So I, the, you can handle it, Bowen. The, <laughs> oh, my. The terminology of ministry with, uh, or ministry to and alongside. Um, so as I would understand it, we, you can't do ministry with a lost person because um, lost people don't do sure, ministry. Sure. Um, and so the Bible gives us certain examples that there is certainly ministry to, Paul's ministry to mm. the churches, the Paul's, uh, Paul's ministry to these people. Um I think that's where the tension lies. How do we view ourselves? And and I guess it's not. That's much more of what I was trying to get at. Yeah. How do, yeah. How do we view ourselves? Yeah. Are we viewing ourselves as equally broken people? Yes. Yet we have Christ and we've been redeemed. And you don't. That, that's what I want you to do. I'm not yeah. coming at you from the morality per, police saying I'm on my high horse and I'm shouting down everything that I don't like or I don't like what I see. And so yeah. I'm trying to. That's good. That's to, a good clarification. That's well, humility. Yeah. That's what yeah. Paul would say. Like I'm the, you know. I sinned. I was the, uh, the, chief the of worst sinners. of sinners. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly so right. So he understood that as well. Uh, and I love what you said, Mark. Maybe you didn't realize you said it, but it's like Probably when not. we, <laughs> you know, it's like we're, we're so worried about how am I coming off here? Like if in one sense, if I'm not more outspoken, you know, am my, my church folks going to think that I'm not strong enough? That's right. I'm being but soft on. If the side of the coin, if I don't say anything at all, if I yeah. don't deliver any truth, mm. um, there's a sense to where yeah. well, I'm being loving if I'm mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. beating you over the head with the Bible, but I think there's a middle there's a middle point oh, yeah. where we can say like we stand on the truth we believe in it more than anything yeah. we know that if we stand on the truth we're going to be hated by the world but and that breaks our hearts because there are going to be people that we love mm-hmm. who disagree with us That's good but I think there's a way that you can show honor that you can still love but cling to truth. Um, and, and just not worry about what other people think of right. us while we do that. But true love for the person is mm-hmm. sitting with them in it and, I, and it, delivering truth. That's right. And I think that's where Josh was about to go. Yeah. Was um, when it, it, There is a part of love that says, because I love you, I can't mm-hmm. help but speak truth. That's right. Um, yeah. But I speak truth to you from that position, like you're saying, of humility, mutual brokenness. My only hope is in Christ. And from that place... 
I can speak truth to you. Yeah. And, and there, there's an, an end game, I think. And I don't know if end game is the right word. I think there's a trajectory um, as we read the gospels and, and Jesus makes those really hard sayings, right? So if you were to come after me, you must hate your own mother and father, brother and sister, uh, because if you don't, you can't be my disciple, right? And, and of course, he's not saying hate your mom and dad or hate mm-hmm. your brother and sister. What he's saying is your love for him should supersede your love for even the most dear relationships that you have in your life. Right. Well, I think there comes a time in our, our family and our friends and, our, and the people that we are engaging where our allegiance has, has to be decided. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that yes, we want to love them well, but we need to be clear on what love is. Right. right. So if love is tolerate, I want to know what love is. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if if love is is just tolerating, I, I don't believe that is a, a gospel love. Right. Um, because we're we're not tolerating. We're we're also not con, uh, condoning. I'm I'm not confirming. Um, the lifestyle that somebody lives, and in the sake of love, because I don't want to stir the pot at the family reunion, like that—that's not biblical love either. Um, love would be—I want you to know the gospel. I want you to know what is truth, and I believe, like, and I think Mark, you and I—we talk about this quite often, even with our own family members. Like, it's not an issue of where we stand up and we say, "Man, you're just wrong, and you're you're going to go to hell," and and, and we're mm-hmm. mad. Like there is truly a sadness of we believe you are settling for less than what exactly. God would have for you. That's good. And that that breaks my heart. That breaks that breaks our heart for our family members. That breaks our heart for our friends who who choose that lifestyle over Christ. But there will have to come a day where we are very clear mm-hmm. that yeah. that my allegiance is not flesh and blood anymore because I've been been made new. I'm I'm dead to that. I'm new. My allegiance is to Christ. And yeah. so there there mm. there's a moment. That, that whether that is be really religious people that Jesus would do that to, but also there's the, the, the whole broken side of people who there's a choice that's made. So we have the Pharisees on one side, we have the rich young ruler on the other side. And so both of those were many times sad because of what Jesus taught. Mm-hmm. But he drew the line in the sand and said, here is truth. So ultimately, you know, we keep saying, well, we want to love them, love them, love them. What is biblical love? And as we read the scriptures, I think biblical love is Christ. Mm-hmm. We point them to Christ. We give them opportunity to respond in Christ, to repent of life, so to have new life in Christ. And that is the, the fullest extent. So here would be my encouragement. You feel free to push back, okay? My encouragement is this. We want to be Christ-like in the sense of we want to meet people where they are, right? We, we're not coming in, just guns blazing, you're all wrong, I'm all right. We meet them where they are. And it's in that moment that we meet them that we begin to speak truth into them but we call them to a decision for Christ. And then we allow the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit to work out what that would look like because we are trusting Christ for the results of all evangelism mm-hmm. in our life. Where I think we would go wrong is if we just live in step one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to love you, but all I'm doing is affirming your lifestyle. Right. That is not God-like love. Mm-hmm. We, we are affirming something that's damning them to hell for an eternity. And so we, we don't want to be there, so we want to, to meet them. We want to, to love them where they are, but love them enough to point them to Christ so that they may be saved and their hearts may be. And I, I, yeah, so I think that's right. And I think, I think moving beyond that too, like if they reject Christ, like we don't stop meeting them where they are. No. And we don't stop loving them. That's right. Like because that, that can often be, hey – I think there's this end 
end goal, like, okay, I'm going to meet them where they are. I'm going to present Christ. They reject Christ. Okay, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so like, there's got to be this, this element of like, like, and and I think that like people can feel that, right? Like, oh, well, they just like were yep, loving me, you know, until, you know, they were trying to evangelize me, you know? And so, and, and yeah, I mean, we are trying to bring people to Christ, but um, but I, I think that's, you know, I love that we're living in this tension mm-hmm. um, because, you know, it's it's so hard to live in the messiness of that because our tendency is it's so much easier to live on on the extremes. Right. Either we're going to we're going to just speak truth and we're going to be angry and, and all that, or we're going to love and never speak truth. Right. You know, we're just going to we're just going to love and be kind and and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And so finding that that balance and that in between which is what scripture is calling us to do. Uh, that's the messiness. That's the hard stuff. That's mm-hmm. right. And it's going to continue to be more and more in our culture, something that we're going to have to work through. Yeah. yeah. Well, the tension, we hear it all the time, the gospel's offensive. It is. So if mm-hmm. it's already offensive and we're trying to, in some ways, we're trying to make up for it by right. being, quote unquote, loving, by that's affirming right. or whatnot. But it's it's using that tension to say like, you still need to hear the truth, but how can I deliver it in a way that's, mm. right. yeah. that's yeah. beneficial? That's a good word. Um, just two last things. I know we're, we're about to wrap up. Um, I would say as, as we have opened up this discussion, at least on the podcast, this discussion is ongoing because it's the, the world that we live in. For me, if I'm giving any encouragement to our church as, as pastor of Broadmoor, it would, it would be a couple of things. Number one, before you engage in anything, uh, not, not just um, Christians engaging LGBTQ community, this is, this is in life. We've got to know what we believe and why we believe it. Like that's really important because if we don't, then we are going to be tossed by every wave that comes and blown by every wind that comes from north, south, east, or west. And we will find ourselves in places that we had never imagined ourselves to be. We must also resolve in our hearts that God is the one who gets to set the standard for everything. Um, Because I know the voices are loud that would say, if you love me, then you would do this. If you love me, you would do this. And it's different when it comes from adults than it does kids. So like we, for those who have children um, or those who've ever been around kids, but, but for my kids, my kids have grown to own my passionate nature. Uh, and if you've ever been around me, I'm not just passionate when I preach. I'm passionate when I smoke brisket on the grill. I'm passionate whenever I'm watching football. I'm passionate when I'm at Costco not stealing things because you shouldn't steal from Costco. Um, but just just passionate about things. So my kids have picked up on that. And so when my six-year-old looks at me and is really passionate, if you love me, you would let me go next door and play. Well, for my six-year-old, it's not hard to say, baby, I love you. My, you going next door has nothing to do with my loving for you. That, that's, that's a right. no-brainer. But when a grown adult looks at you in the eyes that you don't know them and they don't know you and they use that same language, mm-hmm. you, if you would love me, you would, you would affirm my life. If you love me, you wouldn't do... And then there's this feeling of, well, I want to love you. I, I, I want to, mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel that way towards me. And I don't want you to think that I'm doing this to you. If we aren't firm in what we believe and why we believe it, if we aren't firm and God is the standard setter for all things in our life, then we're going to find ourselves tossed to and fro by what this world is throwing at us. Mm. And it's in that, it's, it's the firm belief that we have that then we engage the world. I really think that's why Paul wrote Romans the way that he wrote it. You have the first nine chapters, the first eight chapters they are strictly theological. So before he ever got to application, you've got to know what you believe and why you believe it 
before you ever get to the application of it. Hmm. Um, and so I think that is wisdom for us as we go and engage the world around us and live in that tension. Yeah. But we have to make sure we know what we believe and why we believe it and that God is the standard setter. It's a good word. Thank you for Thanks, that. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the uh, conversation today. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, I, I hate that our time's mm. short. But... Well, and I was just going to say, life group leaders, if you're listening, let's not be afraid to engage in mm-hmm. our life groups. And if we, as pastors, can step in and be an encouragement. Mm. But l- this conversation needs to continue in the weeks, months, years to come. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and I think that's the point of most of our topics on on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the start of conversation. That's right. You know? I don't right. know that we often resolve things here. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we stirred up. Yeah. So, um, hey, again, thank you guys for uh, uh, for the conversation and for engaging it today. And I look forward to this next week and getting yeah. closer to finishing Romans. Yeah, we'll be so closer. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a good one, guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode. Please share it with others, and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmoor. Thanks for listening.